Good evening. I detect autumn has discovered Missouri. It seems to me it's a bit chilly outside today, so I want to go ahead and say thank you to each one of you who have heeded the words of this morning's announcements to make the special effort uh, to be here this evening. So thank you. Uh, thank you all for coming. You know, <clears throat> last week's service was spectacular, if I do say so. I thought it was absolutely uh, amazing to me. I tell you what, there was, there was no words, and I've been trying all afternoon to try to think of how to explain this, but there was no words that I have that I can explain what it is for a father to baptize their children. I'll leave it for you fathers to remember. You know, I've been thinking of that service for a couple of weeks, mostly logistics, you know. That family member there and that bag of clothes over there. But in this last week, you know, I've taken the time, I've had the time to consider and reflect on what that service was. I tell you, it's some awesome feeling it is wading into the baptismal pool there. And uh, looking over to my children to bid them to come into the waters with me. My heart was so full of joy. I tell you what, it was, it was an immense joy. I've had pleasure, I've known happiness, and this was something so very different. It was, it was really a strong, overpowering sense of joy. I, my cup was well over full at that point. I tell you, it was fantastic. What joy there was that I got to be a part of that process, that very important and special day in the lives of my children. It's a day I'll remember. I hope they do as well. What an immense and incredible feeling I know it was. How the angels in heaven cheered out in joy when they went under that water. As two more names were written, became members of the kingdom. And yet there was another feeling that hit me and struck me even at the same time. The, baptis the baptismal font, as you can see, I think is well placed there at the feet of our master. And so I was standing in that pool and I had a moment to consider where I was and where I was standing there at the feet of my Lord. And I was struck with how very small I am and how very great is our Lord. How immense is His long-suffering. How incredible is His patience. How undeniable is His forgiveness for His creation. There I was standing at the painted feet of our Master in the baptismal pool that He washed clean with His own blood. And I considered to myself that how many times my Lord has forgiven me. 
and the generations that came before me, that there have been nations born, lived, and died in the history of the world that have lived under his forgiveness, under his long-suffering and his patience. And so there at the same time, I was struck with an incredible and immense joy that I got to be there, that I got to be a part of this procedure, this ordinance in the lives of my children. And uh, had some, some faint inkling, it was, of uh, the man whose name I performed this thing in. Which brings me to my uh, opening scripture here. It comes from 1 Timothy in the first chapter. <clears throat> and I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me, for he that counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. He was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Howbeit, for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long-suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Please rise with me now and sing hymn number 288, When Earth in Bondage, after which we'll have our opening prayer by uh, Brother Joe Gio. Hymn number 288.
Father and our God. We're assembled here today, Lord, in your house of worship to worship you. Lord, help us to be still and know that you are. You are worthy of our praise, Father. I ask a blessing over my brother Scott as he stands, Lord. Help everyone here with the ear. Let them hear, Lord. Let them hear what you want us to know. What do you want us to learn? God, I ask a blessing over our faith that would be increased, that it would be unbreakable. Thank you for your son and all that you have sacrificed and all that you have given to us, Lord. Help us to continue to breathe you in. Thank you for your gospel. In your son's most holy name, just Jesus the Christ, I pray. Amen. Scripture readings tonight, there will be two scripture readings. The first one from Proverbs, chapter 16, verse 18. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. The second scripture is from the book of Mark, chapter 7, verses 14 through 21. And when he had called all the people, he said unto them, Hearken unto me, everyone, and understand. There is nothing from without that entering into a man can defile him, which is food, but the things which come out of him. Those are they that defile the man that proceedeth forth out of the heart. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was entered into the house from among the people, his disciples asked him concerning the the parable. And he said unto them, Are ye without understanding also? Do ye not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entereth into the man cannot defile him, because it entereth not into his heart, but into the belly, and goeth out into the draught, purging all meats? And he said, That which cometh out of a man defile the man. For from within, out of the hearts of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, and evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man.
Good evening. Uh, a couple things first. Uh, I didn't notice this until I got up here. I did forget my uh, reading glasses. So um, luckily I have like a little larger print on here, so I should be okay. But if I make a error or two, that's probably why. Um, the other thing is, uh, I can't help but say, we are having beautiful weather. It is very nice. So, so my talk tonight could get a little get a little heavy. Um, going a little heavier, I think, than I usually do. Um, but I do. Strangely enough, I'm going to start out with something relatively, uh, you know, somewhat humorous. Um, and by the way, three times tonight I will be referencing, of all things, if, you know, social media, Facebook. Um, not to praise or condemn Facebook, but just these are things that where I, you know, certain things that I picked up from there to talk about tonight. First thing, so one day I'm going through Facebook, and I see a little two-frame cartoon. I, I don't remember who posted it, but it was a... Um, I, I'm assuming it was a dog and a cat in front of God on his throne. Now, I'm assuming the dog and cat were very recently deceased. And in the first frame, God says to the dog, so were you a good dog? And the dog says, oh, yes, I, I, was, I obeyed my master and I rolled over and I fetched and, and I was always a good dog. Next frame, God turns to the cat and he says, so were you a good cat? And the cat looks at him and says, you're sitting in my seat. Now, anybody who has a cat can probably appreciate that humor. Um, but I looked at that, and I thought, yeah, that's funny, because I, I, we have a couple cats. And uh, so it struck me funny. And then I, then I thought, you know, however, <laughs> on the flip side of that, it's not so amusing when humans take that, uh, that stance that the cat took. That can, that can be a bad thing, and that has been a problem for mankind from literally the very beginning, which goes on to my next scripture from the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. And I, the Lord God, spake unto Moses, saying, That Satan, whom thou hast commanded in the name of mine only begotten, is the same which was from the beginning. And he came before me, saying, Behold, I send me, I will be thy son, and I will redeem all mankind that one soul shall not be lost, and surely I will do it. Wherefore, give me thine honor. But behold, my beloved Son, which was my beloved and chosen from the beginning, said unto me, Father, thy will be done, and the glory be thine forever. Wherefore, wherefore, because that Satan rebelled against me and sought to destroy the agency of man, which I, the Lord God, had given him, and also that I should give unto him mine own power by the power of mine only begotten, I caused that he should be cast down, and he became Satan." Yea, even the devil, the father of all lies, to deceive and to blind men and to lead them captive at his will, even as many as would not, not hearken unto my voice. And now the serpent was more subtle than any beast in the field which I, the Lord God, had made. And Satan put it into the heart of the serpent, for he had drawn away many after him, and he sought also to beguile Eve, for he knew not the mind of God, wherefore he sought to destroy the world. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree in the garden? And he spake by the mouth of the serpent. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which thou beholdest in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day 
ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it became pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make her wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and also gave unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they had been naked, and they just sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. So that's the original sin. Literally the oldest sin in the book. The sad thing is, is that that sin, and it, all the... And I gave this a little bit of thought, and every other sin pretty much derives from that original one. Still being committed by mankind. That hasn't changed. Now, granted, you can argue that Adam and Eve took the fruit in some with, uh, what, I mean, for lack of a better term, naivety. Satan tried to, um, I mean, from what I gather from the book of Genesis, essentially he attempted a coup against God himself. He, he came on to God and said, oh, I'll make sure mankind falls in line. But at the same time, the wording implies that he was trying to take over. So he was, which is, you know, the ultimate of bold things to try to do. And yet, when God cast him down, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't, uh, he couldn't overthrow God. So he goes after the next best thing, his children, his creation. And I am, of course, we're all aware of the extent of his, of his evil. I don't want to, you know, go in too much on that. I think we're pretty much aware of all that. But here's the thing. He gave, once Adam and Eve ate that fruit, they had the knowledge of good and evil because it, it was pleasing to them. They, they still, you know, it looked good to them, so they took it. Well, once that happened, then mankind thought that he had the understanding, all the understanding that God had. And the next thing you know, Man, you know, uh, mankind is running rampant with sin, not only creating his own gods out of whatever he can find, including himself, but he's trying to rule over other people like as if, if he's God. Now, book of Exodus, 20, verses 1 through 6. And God spake these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children of the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments." We're all pretty pre- uh, familiar with that scripture. What struck me from that, however, uh, reading it and preparing it for the, tonight, was that God said, those who hate me. Now, he didn't say those who ignore me or those who, you know, don't think, you know, they just don't think much of me or don't, don't give me any uh, regard. He actually said those that hate me. So in... In God's mindset, to go the other way and to turn away from him, not only is to, that, you're not just ignoring him, he, in his mindset, you're at the, you're at the point of hating him. 
which is a pretty sobering thought because we, the last thing I want is to be hated by God. And yet, you know, as mortal men, we, we sin and we possibly will fall into that here and there, which is why we have to repent, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Oh, one other thing. The definition of a graven image. Let me see. Webster's. I go to them quite a bit too. An object of worship carved usually from wood or stone. An idol. So, something that man creates. And then he worships it as a god. The problem is is that man has expanded on that since uh, old times. And he can now worship any number of things. He can worship his property, his money, uh, his, his political beliefs, and himself or herself. And that can lead to some very dangerous things. Because once you think of yourself as your own God, well, you can make up your own morals and your own rules. And so there's no right and wrong because you, you decide what's right and wrong. And this has been going on, of course. I mean, originally, Satan laid the groundwork in the Garden of Eden. And it was, and it's been going on, but it's still going on in 2023. I've got some other dates here where, where it's significant, but it doesn't mean it didn't happen almost every year that man's been in existence. 1440 BC, the approximate, well, a few years before the Exodus. 33 A.D., 1519, the beginning of the conquest, the colonization of the Americas, 1939. How many different, how many tyrannical dictators were in power in 1939, ruling over them, ruling over millions of people as if they thought they were, like they thought they were God. I even put on here 2020. Once again, people wanting to seek power to rule over others on a mass scale. Another example from, well, I don't know how modern it is. Maybe I'm naive. I think it's modern. But from the book of Genesis 1, verses 20, or verse 29, And I, God, created man in mine own image, and the image of mine own begotten created I him. Male and female created I them. Now, I used to read this scripture and think, well, of course he created male and female. What else would he create them as? I mean, why? I I didn't understand it because God's not into simplistic redundancy. I didn't understand where that, where, I didn't, I didn't understand why that was in there. You know, maybe he was just trying to restate it for, you know, to make sure that we all understood, but I, I didn't get it. Well, lo and behold, modern uh, the last few years, I have now seen after what's going on in the world, I see exactly why God put that in there. Because now we, there are people who think that there are not just two genders, that there are, are I guess, hundreds. I, I don't know. I've lost track, and I really didn't want to keep track. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so now that, that scripture written thousands of years ago has now come is now vitally important in our time once again from facebook 
I have a testimony here that I'd like to read from a young woman named Jordan Taylor. Now, I've got here, opened by, I opened it on Facebook on August 19, 2023, about 7 o'clock. It was posted by uh, Christopher Cunningham. Now, he's a brother in Christ. He attends Belton Restoration Branch, and he's married to my niece. So this is the words of this uh, Jordan Taylor. I used to practice witchcraft. I did spells, read oracle cards, did energy work, and used crystals as a means of healing, protecting, and manifesting. I was a Reiki master and a yoga teacher. I believed in astrology, manifested under a new moon, and did shadow work under the full moon. I worshipped nature and worked with goddesses. I believed I was a starseed. I found my spirit guides and let them, lead, let them lead the course of my life. I would talk to spirit, source, universe, and believe I was speaking to my higher self, in quotes. I believed that I created my own reality and that I was my own God in control of my own life. I was also trapped in a continuous cycle of healing and up-leveling, again in quotes, constantly needing the next healing session in various forms, feeling good after each healing session, and chasing after that feel-good high when it would wear off. I believe that my next crisis was just leveling me up and raising my vibration and cracking some secret code to the harmony of the collective planet. While I believed all this, I was suffering and in a deep pit of depression. I longed to feel loved, heard, and understood. My soul lacked a sense of belonging. My body was in a constant state of fight or flight. There were lots of days I had wished I weren't alive. I was being tormented, experiencing regular sleep paralysis. I thought I could burn a little sage, say a little chant, and put crystals in every corner of my room to stop it. I was wrong about that. What I was actually doing was laying down a welcome mat for darkness, deception, and all that comes with it. I felt so allergic to the G word, in parentheses, God, I almost unfriended a New Age colleague who had recently come to Christ because she couldn't stop talking about Jesus. I was irritated by it, angry, repelled. I thought, what happened to her? Has she gone mad? But in God's grace, he met me in my stubbornness, in my sin, in my depression. There was a moment in my resistance where I reluctantly watched a movie about Jesus to appease my boyfriend at the time. I watched and sobbed hysterically. I was overcome by an intense feeling of love, something I had never, ever felt before, the kind of love that I was desperately chasing in all the wrong ways. That's when I knew God was after my heart. I tried to deny it and ignore it, but I wanted to feel that feeling again. So I chased after Jesus. I started reading the Bible. I had never really done that before. And God's character was revealed to me. I prayed a lot. I had resistance to attending church, but eventually I bounced around to a few churches until I found a biblically sound church that I loved. And this is how I started a relationship with God. I never knew what it meant to have a relationship with Jesus, and now that I know, I'd never let that go. The chains of my depression had been broken. After praying in the name of Jesus, I have never experienced another sleep paralysis episode again. I find joy in the Lord. I've been, making, I've been made free by his word, felt the power of his spirit, felt the love of the Father, and I'm changed forever. New agers often think there are multiple ways to God, that you just have to find your truth or that you can access Christ's consciousness. None of that is true. The truth is that there are not multiple ways to God. There's one. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through him. And then she's got a scripture reference there, John 14, 6. 
I know lots of you will think the same thing about me when I thought about my new age colleague. She was totally gone mad. I'm okay with that. There's nothing that compares to the peace, hope, and love that comes from knowing Jesus. My prayer is that maybe this plants a seed in your heart, and that if you feel convicted by my words, you might be open to the idea that God is chasing after you too. I couldn't help but read that tonight. I thought that was a a very um, strong, wonderful testimony on the part of that young woman. To follow up on that, from the book of Nephi, Third, I'm sorry, Third Nephi, excuse me, I should be more specific. Chapter 5, verses 40 through 42. And again I say unto you, you must repent and be baptized in my name, and become as, become as a little child, or ye can in no wise inherit the kingdom of God. Verily, verily, I say unto you that this is my doctrine, and whoso buildeth upon this, buildeth upon my rock, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against them. And whoso shall declare more or less than this and establish it for my doctrine, the same cometh of evil and is not built upon my rock, but he buildeth upon a sandy foundation. And the gates of hell standeth open to receive such when the floods come and the winds beat upon them. So in the Garden of Eden, Satan gave mankind a poison, basically. But God gave us the antidote. And that would be Jesus Christ. Faith and repentance on him. One thing I've noticed going through the scriptures, and that is the act of repentance is the overriding theme, the overriding theme in all, all three books. All, all the books in all three books. Repentance. Faith on Jesus Christ. That's the primary action that needs to be taken to get out from under that sin that originated in Eden. It requires a prerequisite of humility. I can't just say, I repent. I have to, and I don't only have to say it, I have to mean it. Which derives first from humility. Once there's that, I can honestly say I repent. And then God will forgive me. Opposite, Which is the opposite of pride. And I've got here, you have to be cautious of pride. It's the root of the root of the sin of worshiping other gods, including ourselves. From the book of Mark, 12, 34 through 36. And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hearken and hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment, and the second is like this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And to go with that from the book of John, chapter 13, verses 34 through 35. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye, if ye have love to one another. So, I just said that the, the, the antidote to the poison is Jesus Christ. Because God sent Jesus Christ so that mortal men would have something to focus on other than themselves, other than 
the, the things of the world which can do a really good job at distracting us and drawing us away. So our focus has to be, of course, on Jesus. Always. It, that's the important thing, is that it, it has to be a constant um, endeavor on our parts. And we have to believe. It uh, kind of goes back to the brass snake in the book of Numbers. Just look at it and you'll be healed. We just have to turn to Jesus and believe on him and ask him and, and, and we'll be healed. Because if we do that, then we don't have room in our hearts for things like pride and selfishness and, and loving ourselves over everything else. The forces of darkness are strong in the world today. I have a relative who has informed me. Now, I don't know if all these conspiracies and rumors are true. Uh, if, you, if you want to put it under the you know, wars and rumors of wars category, um, I think it might go under that. Some of the things I've heard will, would put any of the, even the strongest person in despair. And it would drive them to do something that maybe is not centered on God. Because according to the things that I've heard, there are forces in the world that uh, enslave, suppress, and their entire being is to is to put have control over us, to have control over all of us. Things within the government, things within business. As I said, if you if you heard everything that I've heard, now granted, I don't know if it's all true, but you'd be in you could go very easily into the pit of despair. I pondered on this and prayed about it. The only good solution that I've come up with is to simply is to just cling to Jesus Christ, study the gospel, and follow his teachings. That's what it's going to do. That's, that's the only thing that's, that I've come up with that I can do because by, my, you know, by ourselves we can't fight these forces. I'm not even sure we'd want to try. Um, now, someday they may come after us, uh, and I guess if they do, they do. We can't, and there's not much we can do about that, maybe. Especially if we're actually living the Christly life, and, and, and if we're making ourselves no, known as being true followers of Christ, yeah, these entities probably may come after us someday. But maybe that's the sign that we're doing doing it right. Maybe that's the sign that we're that we're doing um, what we should be doing. To close tonight, one more Facebook post. Um, this is the one, and maybe you've seen it. I don't know. Basically, uh, the story is being told. Uh, apparently, it's a um, Native American story about. Uh, and as the grandfather talk, talking to his grandson about each one of us has two two wolves within us fighting each other constantly. One wolf is kind and gentle and compassionate. The other wolf is brutal, savage, and cruel. And they're always fighting within us. And the grandson says, so, Grandpa, which wolf wins? And... The grandfather looks at him and says, the one you feed.
God bless all of you. And may Jesus be with you always. Thank you, Scott. We'll close tonight's service by standing and singing hymn number five, Praise to the Lord, after which we'll have our closing prayer by Brother Jared Coons. Hymn number five. Father, in thy son's most precious name, Lord, we are thankful for the attendance of your spirit. We are thankful for that priesthood which you have set in place. But most of all, we are thankful for thy son, who is an advocate for us, who pleads to us, and who works with us. And so as we were called to repentance tonight, and we are called to look upon you, through your Son. Lord, we pray that that Spirit would go with us from this place. That those decisions that we make, the agency that we have to exercise, when we do so, to bring the honor and the glory to you, to abide by your word, to seek you out, to turn away the inner man. For all these things we are grateful and we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.